Dios en el arco, la defensa es colosal. González, Orlando, La Torre, Nicolás, Fuentes y Chumpitas, Chalemifrin y Cubillas y el gran Pericoleón, Bailón y Alberto Gallardo. Hello and welcome to the Peruvian Waltz. We've got national team call-ups coming, happening. We've got the league, um, Liga Earn ready to start soon. Um, my name is Mike Rice and I'm here with uh, Kevin and Renato once again. Kevin, how are you doing, mate? Doing much better. Happy New Year's to all of you out there listening. It's good to be back. Excellent. And Renato, how are you? Doing really, very well. It's now that we're in the year 2022. Just hope that's going to be the great year coming up, or I say, say that we arrive officially now, and that lots of interesting things are happening, especially in the world of Peruvian football. Yeah, definitely. It's been, uh, yeah, lots, lots to look forward to. We'll um, have a new year, as everyone, uh, like Kevin Renato said. We'll, um, mine's, uh, mine's managed to start off with a nice 5.6 earthquake, uh, which is the first one I've experienced over here. So that was, uh, a nice uh, little, well, not so nice shock, but yeah, it's um, Peru is uh, getting ready for the um, 2021, uh, 2022, sorry, qualifiers. And we've had a couple of changes um, with uh, Eris from Flores and uh, Jordi Reina unable to um, join up with the uh, national team for the friendlies. Um, Flores has been monitored over a um, training camp for his fitness, uh, I believe on the 15th and 16th, I think um, was mentioned. Um, as he's looking to try and extend his contract with the uh, DC United. And Jordi Rain has recently been drafted in as um, part of the expansion side, Charlotte FC. So those two are out, um, and Iberico and Concha have been called up in their um, in their place. Um, Kevin, let's go to you. Um, Iberico is, um, gets his chance to um, really put on a, put on a show for Greca. How, how do you feel about this call up? I think uh, it's well deserved. You know, he ended the last season as a, as a top goal scorer of the Peruvian league. He had already gotten a call up for the Selección for the Copa América. Um, I don't think he got to show his best version with the Selección then, but you know it's it's been a it's been a couple months. He's been in good form. He's continued it, and now a training camp. And honestly, you know some uh, weaker opposition like like Panama and Jamaica, you know, as opposed to your Brazils, your Colombias. Uh, it, it's a good opportunity for him to show what he's got with the national team, possibly build up his his confidence. And it, you know, it doesn't hurt that it, it's going to raise his, his player value, uh, seeing him play in any of these friendlies and should help out his, his chances of, of moving abroad in the near future. So I'm, I'm very happy for Iberico to, to get called up. I don't think there's a person more deserving at this time. No, like you say, yeah, he's one of the top scorers uh, last season and uh, getting, to, getting to see these friendlies uh, with um, Jamaica and Panama, I guess uh, maybe they'll get some eyes maybe on him from the MLS and other other um, leagues like that who may be maybe monitoring players around this area. Uh, he's definitely a big talent over here in Peru and um, yeah, we can see him really going quite far. Um, as well as uh, Iberico, obviously we've got Concha from Alianza Lima coming through, Renato. Um, how are you feeling about where Concha might fit in amongst, uh, amongst the group? I do think this is a very well-deserved call-off for Jairo Concha. I'm, I honestly been thinking he should have been calling up like a, quite a while ago, but 
it came at the perfect time for him now that he has become a key player for Alianza to win the 2021 league title. Um, in terms of me seeing how he would fit in, honestly, when I do see Jairo Concha, I do see a lot of the the influence of of the game that is similar to him and Christian Cueva. And I do think that possibly Gareca could see him as possibly as a successor of Cueva because as great Cueva is, he's turning 30 and he's not always going to be eternal for us. So at some point we're going to have to be finding options that go beyond him, at least for like, for the, to keep in mind the future. And I do think Gareca wants to use these friendlies to see what the future of the national team can look like. Of course, he wants to use the friendlies to get the players, some players in shape for the upcoming qualifiers against Colombia and Ecuador. But you'd also want to use these up an opportunity to see what, Jairo Concha can do. Potentially, you could see Concha play as the number 10 in a 4-2-3-1. You could probably see Concha playing as a midfielder, or potentially you can even see Jairo Concha play on the wing. It's a position that he actually did play when he was at San Martin, if I can recall. Yeah, there's um, there's definitely a sense of needing to prepare for the future, isn't there? Um, we've got, like we've said a few times before, the... Um, some of the starting 11, uh, a lot of it picks itself right now. Um, but there's definitely players there who are pushing um, for those places. And these call-ups um, with Flores and Reina um, having to drop out. Um, part of me is thinking, I mean, Flores has uh, had a great, great, uh, was in great form a few years ago, but I've seen him dropping down a little bit um, out of the level he's he's played at before. Um, he hasn't had too too much influence for me in the in the national side. Jordi Reina as well in in and out, um, struggling around the MLS to really get a get a proper foot within a team um, and get a run of games together. Um, Iberico and Concha, these kind of people, Kevin, are they are these the players that should be really getting ahead of Flores and Reina now, is this their chance to really try and um, step up above them or are they still still a little way off, do you think? I think it, it's a it's the perfect opportunity to, to see what they've got with the national team. They've definitely been having good seasons. You know, you're, honestly, it's the, the 2019 U, U20, you know, you have your, your Lopez, Concha, Mora, um, you know, potentially Tavara. You have all these guys that, that play together in the, in the youth national teams, and they've continued to show good form. So it, it's it's well deserved to see them at this point, especially over uh, Flores, who you know he had a long injury, then he's been out of form. Jordi, uh, he was doing okay at DC, but he hasn't really been very consistent over the last couple of years, and quite frankly, he hasn't done anything in the national team worth mentioning. So I, I think it's it's worth seeing, you know, your your Concha, your Iberico, see what they can offer because realistically they're the future, you know. Um, right now they might not be in in their finest form, but give it you know two three years and they're probably going to be in their prime. That that's when a lot of players like you know, Carrillo and Cueva really started showing up for the for the national teams, but it wasn't their debuts. Um, so I think it's good to get them in the system now, good to get them, you know, uh, faces that, that we'll be able to see mesh well with, with the rest of the national team and against, you know, lighter opposition in friendlies, 
is, is perfect. It's perfect as opposed to, you know, throwing them into a Copa America or the, the qualifiers. Yeah, the, the friendlies are really, really the greatest opportunity, isn't it, to really get these players involved, um, get some minutes on the pitch um, without the, the pressure of um, the pressure of competition football. I mean, it must be a little bit easier possibly for the, if Federico and Concha get their starts in the friendlies than it was for uh, Chilmar Lora getting his debut against Argentina, I think. So there's a bit... Um, yeah, there's a lot more pressure on that side. So it gives them that chance to really ease their way in and start proving themselves um, for that, for uh, Ingerica's mind. Renato, what do you think? Do you think they'll, there's a chance that these friendlies might um, change Gareca's mind on some of his players for his squad going forward into the qualifiers? Um, we're talking about this month, if the, how the, we go from the friendlies to the upcoming qualifiers. Knowing Gareca, I do think he will want to stick Understandably so, with the current squad he has, because these upcoming qualifiers we have are are going to be very determined of how we'll go to 2022 Qatar, and we hope that we can both matches. But at the same time, the, the purpose of the friendly is that you want to. It's the perfect time to experiment, and Gareca has this opportunity to see what he can he can see in the future of Peru. Potentially, you could see Osling Mora start on the right wing for one of the friendlies. Potentially, you can have either Jesus Castillo like start with Yoshimaru Tun on the midfield for one of those friendlies. You can see Alex Barrera start on the front as a number nine. Potentially, you can also even get Angelo Campos to, to be the goalkeeper in one of those friendlies. Lora as a right back. It just depends on how Gareca wants to, like, to use these friendlies to. If he wants to just give the like the, his regular starters to get in shape for the upcoming qualifiers, or he just wants to do both, get them in shape, but also see what we can use for new players. And I just hope Gareca keeps that in mind. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on how, he, how he's using these, these friendlies. Kevin, how do you feel? Do you think this is an audition for some of these players, or does this Gareca getting his, his, his usual players um, prepared and match ready for the qualifiers coming up? I think the the World Cup qualifiers are the priority. However, Gareca's hand has pretty much been forced, which which I'm I'm fine with. You know, he has to to use you know Amora and Iberico because he doesn't have any other wingers. Uh, you know, Flores and Reina have left. Raciel just signed in Colombia. Um, off the top of my head, I don't I don't think there's really any other wingers right now. Uh, Farfan doesn't last you more than 30 minutes. So I, I think it's, it's a perfect opportunity for, for Mora, for Iberico, for Valera, you know, people we want to see get some minutes. Um, and then after that, I don't, I don't think Gareca is too stingy. I think we might see uh, the debuts of, of some players like maybe Garces, who's he, who he's been, you know, keeping an eye on for a couple of years now. Um, you might see, you know, uh, Laura get some more minutes uh, because there's, there's a serious need for, for Gareca to have competition in the right back spot with Noah Vincula in, in the Colombia match. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, think, I think it's the perfect opportunity if, if, you know, Castillo, Concha, if they can really show what they're made of, there's no reason they couldn't break into you know, the, the 23, if not the starting lineup, the bench, you know, and, and we might be seeing a younger squad 
in the World Cup if we make it, fingers crossed. And they, this might be their opportunity to show what they got. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think that usually that that first eleven, I think Greca kind of knows what he'll want. If everyone's fit, he knows who will be out there each time. Um, but it's those other players filling the squad that's I I, I think is going to have a they're going to have a chance to try and um, change that. Greca's looking past the World Cup as well, and what if what he wants to do um, with um, Peru going forward after that, he's going to need to start think making preparations earlier um, rather than losing six or seven players through not being like through age <laughs> and to then have to bring in all these young players with no no experience so having a couple of games to play together is um, I think it's going to be a lot more a lot more beneficial than just having one game where if Iberica gets 45 minutes in one game then isn't picked for the next few for as an example I think that's that's going to help um, Gareca as well as the players get an understanding of where they're going as a where they're going as a nation uh, in the uh, national team. Um, with um, with this uh, training going on at the moment, um, obviously you've got uh, a few extra players come in that are sparring the national side, um, and notably four young players from the MLS have come across. Uh, who've come through academies out there. Um, we've got Diego Otoya um, of San Jose Earthquakes, uh, David Mejia of Atlanta, John Cortez of uh, New York Red Bulls, and um, Kembo Guadalupe, Guadalupe of um, Orlando City. Um, so we've got four very young players um, who have competing. I think, I believe Kembo was um, trained in um, Sporting Cristal um, before going up to the US, I'm unsure on the other three. But we're getting some young players coming through um, and getting some experience amongst the side. Um, how are we feeling about um, how, how the scouting and the preparations are coming from Peru and keeping an eye on those young players, Renato? I think it's been going on a roll as of recently. Thanks to La Padula, I think the FAFAF realized that beyond just Peru at home, there was plenty of Peruvian talents of a Peruvian origin that can contribute eventually to the senior national team. And in the United States, there's a huge Peruvian diaspora that you can find. There's potentially a bunch of like Peru, like players of Peruvian origin in MLS Academy that can be eligible to play for us. And I do think that the, um, the FFAF wants to to bring those type of players to train with the senior national team to get them a great experience because potentially these these kids could be our future they can be, they can help us out in the long run and perhaps at one day maybe our starting 11 will be like three or four players that were born and raised in the United States but are of Peruvian origin and are ready to defend our colors i think it's great because now that these kids that are currently training are knowing how like the senior like senior football is going to work because they're not just training with like players their age they're also training with players that already played at the world cup so this is a valuable experience for them and i do hope that this definitely convinces them to be committed to peru because they also can be eligible to play for the united states yeah no it's important i mean we've we've seen obviously the most recent like most recent example um we've got lapadula up front who was eligible for italy uh who came um to play for peru eventually um we looked at uh, santiago Omeño, who, who was eligible for mexico who's been called up so there's, there's been more of an emphasis on trying to trying to find those players um who are 
who are learning and being developed in different academies, not just in not just in Peru. Um, Kevin, obviously, Renato has mentioned these players aren't actually part of the squad. They're sparring the squad. They're getting experience. They're getting an exposure to this. I think I think when Peru went to Mex um, Russia, one of the most one of the oldest squads as a whole. Um, so making sure that these young players get an understanding of how the national team works, um, it's got to be a massive benefit to them as much as it has to maybe the the younger age categories in the national team getting themselves prepared for the for joining the national team itself in the future. Absolutely, the the sparring opportunity is is really important. Um, if if you look at it, uh, twenty eighteen the World Cup happened. Um, Marcos Lopez still hadn't debuted for for Sporting Cristal. Uh, I don't. I I think I think he hadn't yet because it was the summer. And then he went to sparring. Then Gareca actually takes him uh, and debuts him against, I believe, Germany in the the friend the European friendlies. And then and then Cristal is like, wait a second. He's already debuted for the national team. All right, we're gonna debut him for Cristal. And then he gets sold to to San Jose within like a couple of months. Um, so it's definitely an opportunity worth taking for these kids. And, and like I said before, this was the, the 2019 U20. So Gareca, since Russia has seen, you know, Jairo Concha, Marcos Lopez, uh, Oslin Mora, he, he's seen a lot of these guys and he's deciding now, you know, uh, 2022, it's a couple of years, but he's seeing that they're continuing good form and they're plugging in the holes for him if if he sees that he he needs that at this time so it, it's definitely good for for the current u20s you know your your mejias your gambol guadalupe to definitely take advantage of these opportunities gambol for example um he left he left peru without debuting uh because i think he was like 16 17 he went to to orlando and then he got called up to the to the US U20 when he was getting called up to Peru U17. So th there was a little bit of competition there. But I, I think Peru won out at this point since he's currently with the Peru U20. And it, it's something that we just got to continue to convince these guys that Peru has a project worth worth looking at. And I think having seen Peru, you know, in the final of the Copa America, having played at the World Cup, I think is, is making some of these kids want to play more for Peru currently. And that, you know, that's always positive. Yeah, completely. And obviously, I mean, uh, Kemble has a bit of a family influence with national team player. He's a cousin of um, Fafan. Um, he's part of uh, an Orlando city that is, um, has uh, Gaese um, as their goalkeepers, a good role model for him there. I guess the same for Diego Toya, uh, knowing that um, Marcos Lopez is there as well, giving, letting, him, letting him know what it's like being part of that national team and representing the Peruvian, um, the Peruvian nations is a big deal. Uh, Renato, do you think these players um, that are out there in the MLS uh, who are young, who are challenging for first team um um, first team places in the future do you think maybe they they could almost be at an advantage being being away from Peru with the sometimes the, the lack of willing to put young players into a first team here whereas maybe they'll get more experiences of first team football and become more recognized abroad yeah I mean that's a good point to be made up because unfortunately in 
Peru, there's still like a mentality from most clubs and slash trainers that you know if you, if you are 20, you could still not debut unless you are a quote unquote crack. But I know that these boys that are currently training right now with the national team. They play in the MLS, and I gotta say that they know how to trust. U20 players. Some of the some U20 like MLS players are actually already moving to Europe as a recent as a recently Ricardo Pepe, I think it's just not long ago turned 19 was a starter for FC Dallas and was a great scorer in the league. Has already got a 20 million dollar move to Augsburg in Germany, and the league is already exporting talents to the old continent. And they also like just rely on these like these kids and they trust them. They don't trust them as if they were little kids. They trust them as their full on professionals. As for these players that are currently training with the Peru national team, I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of them or two of them can like make their first team debut in one of the MLS clubs. I know Kimbo Guadalupe has been highly spoken about by Oscar Pareja, um, currently like the, the coach of Orlando City. And there's been rumors that he's going to be signing his professional contract with Orlando City soon. I also been told that David Mejia has been highly spoken about about through the first team staff of Atlanta United, and he even scored in a few occasions with the reserve team Atlanta United that plays in the USL division. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see one of these boys get their first team shot soon. And I do think they'll probably have more chances of debuting in the MLS than in Peru, if you ask me. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin, the same question. Just to get your opinion on this as well. How do you how do you feel these? Um, sometimes it it can it can depend on what club you're at in Peru. Really, like there's sides which whether the managers or um, they have a history of just not trusting young players too much and going with experience. Uh, one example off the top of my head, maybe if we're looking at these lack of right backs we've got, like Morillo. Um, Cesar Vallejo um, seems to have a lot of promise, but he's not he wasn't getting games at all last season um, for for long periods. Um, so, so being in being in an MLS academy, is it going to benefit these players? Do you think? Absolutely, I, I think there's there's more emphasis on player development in the MLS. Um, I don't I don't think every team in MLS gives as many opportunities as as we're making it out. I think Dallas is a is a big exception. But um, I like what I'm seeing from from the players that are coming up in the U20s. It's definitely going to have a huge impact on on the women's side as well. I think like half the the U20 women's national team is is coming from the MLS or universities in the United States. So it is going to be a big factor in the coming years. Um, And I I agree. I agree. um, You know, Kembo Guadalupe, as, as another, you know, we're referring to him again. You know, if he got called up for Peru's U17 and he got called up for Peru's U20, which one should he go to? Obviously, the U20 is is a bigger opportunity. It's bigger for his name, for his career. Um, And it's one of those things that we're going to have to measure. We we are scouting better now, but it's it's one of those things where every player is going to have to have to seek their fortune if you're not a you know san martin or cantolao in, in in peru it's it's harder to get consistent minutes um you know it can happen at at cristal or alianza but it is going to be tough it's going to be tough because they they are they have higher expectations they have higher demands for their season so it, it really is is one of those situations where you got to go case by case 
I, I definitely agree with um, with players going to, to, you know, academies here in MLS because I think they might get more more opportunities realistically. And if they don't, they can always fall back and go to go to Peruvian League and see if, you know, where their talent level lies at that point and see if they get a shot at, a, a, you know, a side that's willing to bet on them. Yeah, yeah, like you say, obviously, it's not, a, not always a case of the grass is always greener. It's not, let's all jump to, uh, yeah, try and get into an MLS academy because the team will play you. Um, there's there's obviously sides who favour um, favor experience and it can be harder to shovel through, the same as, same as it is here in Peru. Um, possibly the, the the way that the, um, the game's going here um, will have big, big impacts on how the national team sort of organizes itself going for like in the in the near future really with how players are um called up and how they're scouted let's say um so yeah moving on from the uh from the um national size we wait on the um friendlies to um be played there like next in just over a week's time um more back to more domestic news. Um, the league, uh, the FAPFA have announced is going to be delayed until the beginning of um, February um, due to the coronavirus pandemic, obviously, um, going on here. Um, Renato, as I say, uh, this obviously a, a, a good idea to postpone this um, in this current climate. I mean, it's really it's just a shame to see our the league get delayed almost three weeks it's considering that it was expected to start around like the 23rd of january if, if i can recall but at the same time you got to realize that we're still in a pandemic and covid is far from over and i know in the situation in peru it's not even good it's been getting a lot worse and worse and some people i know that are still not vaccinated and covid it's still if you get it then you're gonna have to be out for at least at least for five days and Sure, like many clubs and the FFAF and uh, the government wants to make sure everyone's safety. I just hope that we can just, the league can be st started at least without any crazy news or like pre players breaking protocols or like something that's just not going nuts because the last thing we need is like a huge outbreak happening in many teams. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's safety first, obviously. And, um, so we want it to be played across Peru. Um, we don't want it all, all to be in Lima again. Is that, uh, and I guess it's being delayed to try and ensure that's happening. Kevin, do you think this this delay may end up causing another um, another season being based in Lima, or do you think we're trying to get get this out around the country? I think uh, at this point it, it's going to be around the country. I think they, they've made enough excuses to keep it in Lima, but no other country does that in South America. No other country is, is you know, making excuses to keep it in one city. Realistically, there's not a bubble in Lima. Um, I, I think maybe it helped some teams with logistics. Other teams have completely messed up their logistics. But I think at this point, we definitely are, are going to see the the tournament be throughout all of Peru. And I agree with that. I agree with that, whether they do, you know, they delay the season or not. I think it's, it's time. Yeah. Um, it'll be, it's, it's, it's good for, um, 
it's good for Peru as a whole to try and get this out. And like you say, being the only country that's that's done this in South America, it's it's not great for the players, uh, the players' families who have been forced to relocate up here um, for a for a long time now. Um, and the clubs themselves, the supporters want their clubs back. And if there's going to be if there's going to be a chance for people to get back into stadiums again um, at any point during the season, then we're going to we're going to want that to be the case where it's where it's they're playing in their home stadiums not in not in random stadiums around Lima okay moving on to some of the transfer activity um in Peru at the moment and in our last pod we mentioned how uh we were unsure on the future of Yuri Arcelli um but I think the day after we uh, the day after we did the pod, he's uh, moved to Trujillo. Uh, he's with um, Carlos Minucci. Uh, Renato, uh, how 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 do you feel this move's going to be for the uh, for the young player? Well, honestly, it's I have to say first on Yuri Alcelli that this is such a weird turn of events because in 2020 he was linked to join, not just linked. I think the club offered. Racing Club in Argentina offered Yuri Aceli to join the club, and they actually seemed like the club really wanted him to join. But I believe you, the player, and his agent wanted to get to get paid a lot, which wasn't possible because in Argentina, like the valuation of the Argentine currency has not been doing well, and they just couldn't offer him a good salary. But now, considering the recent events that Yuri Aceli was recently arrested in Callao for weapons and drugs, and it kind of really gave him like a bit of a scar reputation to some clubs to refuse to sign him. And I think that he really should have like chosen his best decisions for himself and that life has came to him fast. The thing that he could have went abroad already, but he's actually going to a mid-table club in Liga 1 at best. You think he could have possibly went to like at least one of the big three like Lima clubs or at least maybe Melgar, but here we are. But as for Selly... I think this is his chance to prove himself that he needs to change. And I think with Manucci that this is an opportunity. And if if he does well, then I hope he bounces back and potentially he can like redeem himself. But if he doesn't, then I do not see Sully for a good future. And I do think he needs to think for the best. But I do think that he will do well in Manucci because Manucci has been making a lot of interesting signings this season especially with players like Alexander Lecaros, Luis Hakim, and also Jose Inga. So I do think Manucci are definitely trying to fight for at least an international spot in the upcoming season. Yeah, no, they see, it seems to be, um, seems to be uh, an exciting place um, to be, uh, for next season for both teams. Uh, Kevin, how do you, do you feel that this change of scenery is going to get the best out of Sully and uh, we're going to see, see him um really showing his true qualities absolutely absolutely i think uh Sally needed a change of scenery going to Trujillo takes him out of his comfort zone and he'll be able to just focus on football just get it get it done he's in a a, a solid project i think you know they, they've signed a lot of um decent players you know Hakim was playing bolivian national team that advice it's called up to ecuadorian national team a couple years back um, you got Dioses, who Gareca had called up for a couple of the local camps. Lecaros coming back. Rivera, who was one of the best players at Cusco. I think it's it's a solid squad of professionals. 
Um, I think the coach Mesa is is uh technically uh he's uh the guy that brought Reynoso to Mexico. That's 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 what it is. He brought him to Mexico in Puebla, and I think it's it's solid solid opportunity for him to for Selly to make that kind of connection because then maybe Mesa could recommend him over to some side in in Mexico. Just saying. Yeah, I was sorry to interrupt, but that is a good point that we bring up because I heard that one of the major reasons why Sally came to Manucci is because of Mesa's connections to Mexican football. So perhaps I could definitely see Sally getting, if he does well, getting a recommendation from Mesa to one of the Liga Mayekis clubs to join if Sally intends to wish to continue abroad, which I hope so because Sally is a, good, a great talent, no doubt. I just think, as they, as they always said, that it all depends on him if he wants to succeed. And I just hope, and for everyone's sake, that he chooses the right path, especially in the new scenery through Gila, where he should be away from his comfort zone. Yeah, from the outside, it does look like a, um, a, a great destination for him after it, uh, things falling away so quickly, um, from uh, even and still at only 19 years of age to so get uh talked about so much around south america to then everything coming down now having to re- restart and get going again i think he seems to have that uh, seems to be going to a club that looks to be pushing pushing all the, their rivals to be able to get up into those top four top six um sort of area um within the within uh legal one um, the, uh, another one that's um, come through recently, uh, Hugo Magallanes, um, has been signed by Ayacucho, a big Uruguayan centre-back from um, Mexican side, uh, Querétaro. How, um, how, how do we feel, um, Kevin, does this, is this starting to push Ayacucho um, into becoming favourites to go through over sport boys, or are we, are we still unsure as to where this, where this tie is going to go in the Sudamericana? Personally, I'm I'm still unsure. I I was leaning towards Sport Boys, and I think I'm gonna continue to, you know, a slight edge, not not anything serious, but you know, I I like the signings of uh, Safadi, Guev Josian, uh, who's a consistent goal scorer in Peru. Um, I believe they also have Blanco on the bench, so they are getting depth up top. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what what kind of eleven they present. I think this Sunday so tomorrow or today for some of you uh hearing this next day they should be playing a friendly against Cienciano that will be televised on Gol Peru so uh very interesting to check out oh excellent yeah and, uh, we'll have to see where they uh see what comes up we've seen a few um so a few a few friendlies have been able to go ahead and we've seen big changes from First half side to the second half side, so we'll see. Um, we'll see, have to see how some of these, uh, especially Sudamericana sides, are really getting their players gelling and their squads ready to go. Moving on to a few uh, rumors, uh, and what we'll probably start with is just the absolute lack of rumors on uh, Yoshi Yotun. Um, Renato, where, what, what do we what do we see happening with Yotun at the moment? Uh, now a free agent. It's a complete mystery, and it's the most shocking because if you think about it, Yotun is like an highly experienced player in both internationally and club 
club-wise, then you think that there would be at least clubs in, like, perhaps Mexico or Argentina or Brazil that would be after Yotun, especially considering that he is a not a recent, like, Liga Mexicana champion with Cruz Azul, but it's been a mystery. But I, I can tell you this right now, that I do not think Yotun's coming back yet to Peru. I do think that he still has at least one more round abroad before potentially he does return to Peru. I've been hearing rumors that he could be, he has an offer from Toluca in Mexico. There's also rumors that he, Orlando City would like for him to return. I just think right now it's just a wait and see, but I think Yotun's, on Yotun's mind right now that he first wants to like get the, the, the January qualifiers over with because I think that's his main priority at the moment. Yeah, um, I guess you see, like you say, it's been, sounds like there have been some offers. The, the, the lack of rumours has been the more confusing part. Obviously, could see him staying with, uh, within, in Mexico. Another possible option uh, might be, uh, could be more interest uh, in going back to uh, Orlando, maybe in the MLS. Uh, Kevin, how do you feel? What do you feel of uh, Yotun? It's generally uh, strange. You know, we're not hearing more, but uh, yeah, he, he's definitely still got enough in the tank to do another round abroad, whether it's in Mexico, MLS. I, I personally think I could also see him going to Saudi Arabia, but that's just that's just a guess on my part. Um, the, those rumors, you know, for Peruvian players to, to Saudi Arabia keep uh, keep on coming. Yeah, um, and another one, uh, Middle Eastern um, rumor going around is currently with uh, Carlos Sabrano to uh, Al Masir. Uh, He's falling out of favor and having a difficult time um, with some of the fans in Boca. Um, he's on the sea, currently managed by Miguel Angel Russo, um, who's uh, his manager before at Boca, I believe, who brought him there, if I'm right in thinking that. Um, Renato, how do, you, how do you feel about this? Does this sound like something that you can see happening? I mean, if I were Zambrano, I'd probably be looking for a change of scenery because. Honestly, his time at Boca has been a huge mixed bag. Of course, there have been some good moments where he did start, but I know that Zambrano is the punching bag of Boca Juniors fans because every time I hear, like, a defensive error, I Twitter, I see people, like, the fans always targeting Zambrano, even when he's not even at fault. And I just think it's been kind of been hurting Zambrano. And it's a shame because I do know Zambrano's a good defender, even if he can't lose his temper. I do know that 100% focus on Brown is a quality defender, but I do think he could join an online especially if a coach that he already knows through working at Boca. And I think this is a coach that even requested it for him to come to Boca, which definitely brings up confidence. So the hope that Carlos Sobrano does find his future, because I do think he's not really much in favor of Boca Juniors currently, because as of recent, he was mostly in the bench, in which does raise some concern. Yeah, um, yeah, he wanted to get back to really enjoying his football, I guess, at times. So yeah, it, it's, it's been difficult for him in Argentina. Uh, another um, another um, national team player um, in the uh, headlines at the moment is um, Alex Valera, um, re- recently been linked with San Lorenzo. Uh, Kevin, he's had a He's had a wonderful rise over the last couple of years um, in Peruvian football. Uh, this um, seems to be what uh, a link well deserved um, in my eyes. How about you? Absolutely. Um, Valera 
you know, has, has come from a humble rise. You know, he came from uh, beach soccer, from the Peruvian beach soccer team. And then, you know, came up through Copa Peru, then got signed by a big side in Universitario, who, let, let's face it, they didn't expect him to be the number one because uh, they had also had Gutierrez. They also had Azúcar. Uh, so him breaking out there, scoring goals in uh, Libertadores, you know, he, he's continued to, to perform well. He keeps getting called up for Peru. Gareca has faith in him. I think he is... Uh, taking over Rui Diaz's spot, whether it ever, you know, gets mentioned or not. Um, and, and yeah, the, the link, the links are well worth it, but I, I don't have too much faith in him having a move currently since we're so far into the preseason at this point, but um, Hey, fingers crossed. I think he could do well under Troglio. Yeah. It's Renato. I was just going to say like, um, He's, he, as Kevin's mentioned, he's, he's taken over that place of that backup to Lapadula, really. He seems to be Ormeño, ahead of Ormeño, maybe, at the moment. Um, he's been pushing on, he's been pushing on, he's showing his abilities. Is, is a move um, abroad going to be exactly what he needs to be able to then reach a further level than maybe he could at Universitario? I mean, definitely. I mean, I do think that it it depends on what kind of offer um, Valera has. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be just San Lorenzo. He could potentially be going to a club and perhaps another, in a bit much like larger club in Argentina, like Dallares or River or perhaps Velez, or he can go to Liga Mieckis or MLS. I just think it depends when the right time is for Valera because I, do, I keep hearing that La U doesn't really want to sell him right now because... If Aleta goes, then that could be detri- detrimental for them to at least have chances of qualifying to the group stage of Libertadores because they really don't have any other nine besides Valera. But I can definitely agree that I think Valera has definitely taken over Rui Diaz's spot in the national team. It seems like Areca really values Valera quite well and just shows you that we need more options on the front. We can't just stick with La Padula and Paolo. I love him, but He's not far from turning 40. And I think he just turned recent, recently 38. So, and really, he's still having pro- physical problems. So, we got to find more options as the number nine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, being if these players like Valera are going to have a chance of really becoming big players on the national team, it's. Yeah, if the right if the right move comes across, um, uh, hopefully for them to be able to take it. Like Kevin says, maybe the um, maybe the timing isn't great um, for a number of these clubs to be linked, as maybe they're too late or too early in the windows. Maybe for some of these sides who may have maybe a, a later offer might come in from a, from another team who are maybe struggling to get together with uh, organize their side to have a striker. They need someone to come in and be that number nine. Um, but there may not be too many looking for uh, looking for a striker at the moment. But let's hope let's hope that he can um, continue. And if he's still with um, Universitario going forward, then hopefully he can get um, some good performances in the uh, the Bertadores qualifiers as well. Uh, 
Kevin, I want to talk to you about the possible uh, the links of um, Rodrigo Vilca um, maybe coming back on loan from Newcastle to Allianz and Lima. How are, we, how are we feeling about that? Does he does he walk back in this team? Is he leaving the Premier League to be conscious backup? How is this how is this working? Um, I, I could definitely see him take a spot in Allianz and Lima. He, uh, you know, Alianza originally went after Raciel Garcia, but he ended up signing for the Colombian champions over in Tolima. Uh, so definitely there's a an open spot for a, you know, a creative 10 that could possibly play on the wing. And I could see Bustos adapt to that if if he were to accept. But that that is the big if. Um, I know he just finished his loan with Doncaster and Newcastle is looking to see what, they want to do with him. Um, I would imagine Alianza is not their first choice if they're going to loan him off to another team. I'm sure they they want to evaluate that. But it's certainly an option there that, that's lingering. And I think it's confirmed at this point that Alianza is, is trying. And it'll be more of a question of if Vilca is really, you know, if he wants to play Libertadores, if he wants to get consistent minutes somewhere. But I, I could see him succeed if he does come back. It's just completely up to him and what other offers he might be having in Europe. Yeah, it's. I, I think. I guess for for him, especially this um, this new takeover at Newcastle has come at a uh, a difficult time in his in Vilka's um, career. Coming from going to Newcastle, where there's been a lot of uh, one of the poorer teams, maybe in the uh, Premier League, uh, maybe saw an opportunity to learn, develop possibly try and eventually break into that first team. But now as one of the richest teams in the world, it's going to be very, uh, the priorities of the club have completely changed. Um, so for him, it's it's probably going to be looking at getting some exposure somewhere to find a new club permanently. Um, and coming back to Peru, Renato, is this... Is this um, suggesting that maybe he's struggling to find options around Europe and in other leagues. Is this something that's going to be, could be, is it something that's going to become an issue for him? I mean, I just think possibly Allianz just sees him as an option, but I mean, keep it told that Vilka's priority is to stay in Europe and perhaps play in like at least maybe in a second or third division club in England. But honestly, I do think Vilka should possibly aim for a club in the Netherlands or Belgium as an option. Perhaps I could like to see him at FC Emin to help Emin like to be as a reinforcement for Emin to be promoted in the heirs of history for next season. We'd like to see another Peruvian at Emin besides Araujo. Perhaps I could possibly see him in MLS or possibly in Argentina where to play either like in the United States or Libertadores. But I don't know if it's be the perfect time for Vilka to go to Peru because I do think he can still offer more abroad. It's a shame that his loan at Doncaster ended because I thought he was doing well there and he even was scoring and giving an assist, but I just think an injury kind of this, well, unfortunate. I do think his arrival in Newcastle kind of was a bit of a bad timing for him, but I do have faith in Vilka and I just hope he finds his future. Yeah, and um, and Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully for him, he can it can really work out. I guess um, he's have to be working with his agents to work out what the right right next move is. Uh, I'm unsure as to how long's left on his contract with Newcastle. Uh, whether this will be a final loan or um, he's got another year possibly with the club. 
um, we have to see. And obviously, you mentioned um, FCM in there. I guess it's a good, a good opportunity to uh, congratulate uh, Araujo. I believe he's voted for the um, Player of the Year with FCM, and he's he stayed with the uh, the uh, the, the um, Netherlands side after relegation from the Eredivisie. Uh, Kevin, uh, it's 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 great to see that happen. The recognition he's got for that. How how do we uh, how do we feel that's going to work for him? Do you think he's going to help? help get the team back up towards the area of VC or is this a good way of getting his getting his name out there for other clubs um I'm just happy for Araujo I mean he's, he's one of those guys that just uh it brings you a smile to to see him play and succeed I think it, it's definitely a strong recognition for his uh his ability and his time at the club they are as I speak they're in third place but they're currently they their match literally just started so they might end the next, you know, and then in the next two hours, they might be in second place in promotion, direct promotion spot, which I think MN will end up getting, uh, whether it's through playoff or direct. I think they will be back in Eredivisie for next season. So that's good for him. Um, I don't think we'll we'll see another, you know, a lot of Peruvians there like we did last season, but it, it's definitely a good thing for, for him to be out there, for him to be loved by the fans, by the club. And I, I think he's very close to being able to get his passport. I think he's now been there. I think this is the second season. So perhaps one more season and then boom, I think he'll be able to, to move on to bigger and better things, but it is good to see a proven triumph in Europe. Yeah, I guess um, they, yeah, that the movement options may may be slightly limited um, for him as clubs have to commit quite a lot more um, to a uh, to to him without the uh, European passport. Maybe um, and I believe like, uh, some of the uh, the interviews with the other managers said that he he's delighted that he stayed. He's a huge part of the side and is um in some way surprised he's still there but they seem incredibly happy and hopefully he'll um he can continue his great form um Renato should we uh should we finish off uh these rumor mills with um the the annual um Cueva Tobacco rumors absolutely because it's something that never seems to end <laughs> uh, could this happen could this happen would it be good what do you think it's the same thing that we keep hearing at least since the 2018 World Cup that um, Boca Juniors wants to sign Christian Cueva. But as of right now, I don't really see that happening simply because I think Cueva's earning a quite a nice salary in Saudi Arabia with his team, Al Fateh. I do know that he's honestly sending him to Saudi Arabia possibly has to be one of the best things that ever happened to Peru because he seems now that Cueva's finally playing good football for once, he's now well-behaved, and we need that Cueva who is well-behaved and on on like the great mindset to contribute to us because after the World Cup, Cueva was not really in the best of mind. He was having some on and, on and off issues off the field, and you could definitely see that it really affected his performances with the national team, but Gareca knows that when Cueva is 100% ready and slash mentally ready, he's our best player in the field. And I do think this is the 22 qualifying cycles has been the eliminatoria of Christian Cueva. 
So I think for Quayle's sake, he should at least stay for an alpha day. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think I agree. He seems in in great form. He seems happy. I think uh, hopefully uh, this is all just the regular rumours that are going around. So that's uh, I think that's all we've got for today. Um, Kevin, um, thanks for being uh, thanks for being on again. Um, any last thoughts before we uh, depart and get ourselves ready for the um, friendlies coming up? Um, you guys can follow me at kmontelvon7 on Twitter, and you know I'm just looking forward to to friendlies, to to getting all the proving football we can in the next what, month and a half. I, I think it's a good time. I expect it to be a good year and hopefully it gets capped off with the World Cup. Let's go. Yeah, let's hope so. It's going to be uh, exciting times. Renato, any last thoughts? My Twitter handle is Renato underscore Sun. I just want to hope that the friendlies go well as planned to see some of the new faces get their first tries on the Peru shirt and to hope that this year Fingers crossed that we qualify to Qatar. If Gareca was able to do it for us in Russia, where he he broke a curse for us to reach the World Cup, I'm sure he can do it again. The guy gave us a lot, and he, he even made us reach a Copa America final. It's very possible that we can reach it. Even if it's if, we, if it, those next matches are going to be difficult, you should never lose hope. Definitely. No, yeah, never lose hope. It's going to be, um, hopefully we'll see some exciting performances, like you say, in the uh, in the friendlies from some of the uh, newer players coming in, trying to stake their claims um, for a place in the national team. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll reconvene once again, once these uh, friendlies are underway. Um, you can follow me at um, MikeRice1983 on Twitter. Um, We'll keep you up to date with everything on the uh, Peru Waltz uh, Twitter page as well. Uh, Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure once again. Uh, Look after yourselves and we will speak to you all soon.